I'm sorry. Does Busted make you feel good? I ain't afraid of no sleeping. I ain't afraid of no bed. Does podcasting make you feel good? Pot Podden makes me feel good. All right. I'm sorry. I played into this bit. I apologize to you everybody. Know, you know what? Um, it's the first. It's the first in like. 20 some episodes where you have yes and the bit so like i'm cool i'm happy that's it show over night guys <laughs> podcast over don't you don't- it's like noon and it's good it's not okay anyway hi everybody um welcome to i think you'd be into it the podcast about your problematic faves uh i'm your host brandon beck and i'm yawning shit I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. It's very, very tired because tech is very tiring. And uh, our guest this week is uh, Drew Mallow. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I hate to sound like a cliche, but I'm excited to be here. And I'm happy to be the second Mallow you've interviewed so yes, far. Yes, we did. Have... being my sister. Yeah. Sorry, Mackenzie beat you. Yeah. It's a... It's a, it's all right. I think uh, I used to be annoyed by that, but now I'm like we're on equal ground, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, um, how's it going, yeah. buddy? You know, it's uh, I'm I'm just coming off of, of New York Comic Con, so I'm just as exhausted and dehydrated and and just ugh, you so know, as you two are. Don't get the con crud. You know, we've Absolutely. we've lived in Los Angeles for three years now, and the first year we were here. Uh, the first, like the first time I got legitimately homesick for New York was when, uh, all of the New York Comic-Con photos started. Yeah. Well, everyone we knew was there and it was also literally like two weeks after we'd moved. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it took a a couple days for me to realize, oh wait, New York Comic-Con sucks. And like, like the stuff that happens there is good. But mm-hmm. everything about it, all the logistics of it, yeah, are like often really into annoying. The Javits and mm-hmm. like the fact that there's just like as many people as San Diego now, but crammed yep. into not nearly enough space. Um, yep. Like I like I don't want to I don't want to sound like you know uh, hipster granddad, but like 
It was way better in like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm the worst. <laughs> it, 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 it's okay. I, I funny enough, uh, hipster granddad you know you're not tooting off of your your uh, proverbial chair um i i do agree with you i've been going since uh, 2008 and i do long for the nostalgia of uh, the early years when i feel like it was a little bit more personal because it was specifically just about comics now it's you know uh anime fest got coordinated into it and then the walking dead really kind of just became everything for them so now it's just a conglomeration of all of the quote-unquote nerddom and um, I think that that actually kind of took it, that's kind of made things better, but also worse at the same time. Now everybody's there, the staff is overwhelmed, um, and sometimes they don't exactly pick the most friendliest of people to uh, be the ones to tell you information or manage the lines. And, um, you know, things have changed. And unfortunately, not, not all of it uh, for, for the better. So I think that's especially this is the first year that I remember that I've seen so many people posting about um, selling their tickets because their panels uh, aren't aren't on the days that they're going or they're just not feeling the Javits anymore or whatnot. I mean, you know, me, I, I, I pretty much just go to hang with my friends, to dress up and to get my book signed and, uh, you know, ne- never disappointed on that. I did see uh, someone had cosplayed as the Javits. Uh, yes, it's am- it was amazing. I wish I'd got a photo of it. It was just the Javits, and I was just like, how can you beat that, you know? Holy cow. Yeah. It was, uh, it was something. To, to this day, I, I think my two favorite cosplays I've ever seen, uh, one was the first time we went to San Diego, and there mm-hmm. was a guy... Uh, like leading a Segway tour dressed as the Flash, uh, riding around in a Segway. Um, that was really good. Um, I, actually, two more. I saw I saw a guy that was uh, dressed in like Game of Thrones robes, but also had the uh, Tony Stark uh, repulsor thing on his chest because mm-hmm. he was there as Tony Stark. Um, mm-hmm. And then at D23 a couple years ago, I saw mm-hmm. some, like, just jacked dudes uh, cosplaying as uh, Belle and, I think, Ariel when they're in their, like, like Belle in the gold dress. Mm-hmm. But just this, like, super jacked dude with tons of chest hair. Uh, and he was making it work. Nice. What, uh, Beth, what about you? What have been some of your favorites? Oh, um, I saw the flash on the Segway. That was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I really liked some of uh, Jules. Jules took a photo of a guy dressed as a new Yokio with the giant Toblerone this year, and that cracked me up. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. I, I, show is I had forgotten what that show was called. That and... show is bonkers, is what that show is. Yeah, it's, oh my god. <laughs> show is wild. It's mm-hmm. uh, Jaden Smith's crazy anime. But, like, oh, he yeah. didn't create it. Well, I mean, he voices it, but it was created by the guy from um, some indie fucking... Gerard Way? No, Gerard no. Way is, is the young animal guy. <sighs> we talked about this, and you thought he was, like, 13. The guy's from Vampire Weekend, and I was oh, like, no, he's, yeah. like, 33. But he... 
has for some reason focused on elegance. Yeah, Vampire Weekend, all those sweet, sweet teen boys. They're not. They're like 33. They're all teens. Um, so before we get into the topic at hand, um, let's go over what we're into this week. I've got something, uh, Beth, I don't know about you. I'll figure it out. (sighs) Same, samesies. (laughs) Uh, well, the thing I'm into this week is a video game called Golf Story. It's an RPG for the Switch. Um... I don't I don't know if it's going to be on PC or other consoles later. Um but it's it's basically like a Zelda Earthbound style, you know, 16-bit looking RPG, but rather than combat, it's golf. Mm-hmm. And like I could give less of a shit about golf. Um right. or I guess couldn't give less of a shit. I don't know what however that sentence works i've been up for like 20 minutes um you're, do, you're doing good uh but um like my only experience with golf is taking two junior golf lessons at the country club my parents went to in texas and then i got mm-hmm. hit in the head when i bent over to grab a ball mm-hmm. um but it's uh the game is really charming and it's really funny um the graphics are delightful the characters are all are all interesting. It plays a lot with like font and like how it presents the characters, you know, text bubbles. Um, there's there's a really uh, there's a side quest about these frisbee golf players that uh, are are treated as like the like teen menace that's like ruining the golf course for everyone. And Mm -hmm. so you have to go get a disc to, you know, play against them. And when you roll up, your character's just like, hey, guys, I got a Frisbee. And then all three of them in unison and in different ways uh, go like, it's called a disc. And like the fonts are like their speech balloons are in like three different sizes. The one of them that's like half covered by the other ones is uh is big and the speech balloon is shaking as it says like how dare you <laughs> um and it's super funny and super charming um and super 1499 um mm. so if you have a Nintendo Switch I would highly recommend uh Golf Story so that's what I'm into this week uh whoever wants to go next can go next Oh Beth would you like to go next um God, what am I into this week? Other than, God, I said sleep last week, although that's still true. Um, uh, no, and then I talked about how I was mad about the Orville. I haven't done much this week because I've been in rehearsal for, I've been in tech rehearsal for the show I'm in, so I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I've consumed nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm sorry, everybody. I have nothing. I'm, I'm into nothing other than continuing to function this week. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, Drew, what are you? Uh, you know, I have to say, I mean, uh, the horror fan of me wants to talk about how it's October. So we're basically calicking down to, to Halloween now. So I'd love to talk about, you know, doing a horror movie marathon and which movies to watch. But I have to admit right now, uh, Beth, this is something I think definitely would would interest you is um, I'm really into psych right now because uh, I'm really into psych all the time. 
Yes. Oh, that movie well, soon. Yes, I got to. I got one tickets at the NYCC lottery uh, to sit with me and two people. And obviously, Beth, if you were still in New York, you would have been one of those seats. Um, <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, I got to sit uh, in the audience with the panel. Um, we got to watch 20 minutes of the movie that'll be out December 7th. Um, and they were absolutely 100% wonderful. Um, nice. I cannot... oh, I'm so pumped about that. I'm glad to hear it was good. Oh, it was amazing. And on top of it, Dulay couldn't be there because he's, of course, in rehearsal. But he had a video about, you know, where he was and how excited he was and whatnot. And, of course, you know, he had the come on, son. And he had some dance moves doing the robot and whatnot. A uh, little tap dance here and there. And then you had um, Steve Franks was uh, attending. You had James Roday, of course. Um, Maggie Lawson, uh, Corbin Benson, um, the actress who plays Chief Vic. Um I think like one or two other people and uh, they were talking about, you know, the whole experience, how great it's been getting uh, everyone back together and it almost feels like no time's passed at all. Um, they talked about some of the guest stars that they'll be having in the show. Zachary Levi will be in the show. Um, John Cena, uh, who played uh, Juliet's brother, yep. is going to make a cameo and a few other people. And they... Just in the 20 minutes, they have a wonderful, in the true style of Psych, 80s reference that I, I was not expecting, but apparently was both something James and Steve Frank uh, had to do. And it is so wonderful. It's something they do in the new Psych office, or should I say to the new Psych office, that is just so Psych. And uh, I have to say, I, I, I'm really considering doing the pineapple tossing challenge video because they oh showed... yeah i saw that i kind of wanted to do that too <laughs> yeah they showed like clips of it and some of these people going in there was, there was like one guy did like a backflip on rocks Ooh. with a pineapple and then like threw it and i was like yo i can't beat that so i was like maybe i can like ghostbusterize like a video and then just you know throw it on just scan it and then throw it um well speaking but... of that's yeah, a good way you know. for us to talk about ghostbusters yep uh so, uh, some context for, for our listeners, Drew and I went to college together and, uh, he found out that I had never seen Ghostbusters, which was not like up on purpose. It was never like on purpose, but then he like uh -huh. took it as a personal challenge. Like I had been refusing to see it for some reason. And, um, I came home from class one day and he was just like in my apartment cooking and he was like, Oh, here, I cooked you dinner. And I was like, cool. Why? And then he was like, here, come sit down. And then was like, we're watching Ghostbusters. So he like basically like bribed me with dinner to watch Ghostbusters, which like, again, I wasn't doing as like a personal attack. Like I didn't need to be tricked, but free dinner was mm -hmm. nice. Um, yeah. So, I so for the format of our show here, because I don't know, I want to ask you, what's your, I mean, yes, lots of people have seen Ghostbusters. It is, you know, a classic in many ways. What is your 30 second pitch beyond here? I've made you dinner for someone um, who's never seen it. <laughs> okay. I will also just provide just a slight context that my chicken cutlet game, even in college was totally awesome. And Beth was definitely a fan and that might've helped because as Sean Gus would say, she is a fan of delicious flavor. I am a fan of delicious um, flavor. Oh, indeed. So uh, my 30 second pitch of Ghostbusters, yep. it's- uh, That one's dead now. Yeah. Four, four guys. I just dropped, uh, sorry. I just dropped um, one of the earbuds of my headphones directly into my tea and it no longer works. Continue. 
We are killing it today. God we really it. are. This is this. I'm so glad to be here. So like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we know we know what Ghostbusters is, but like, why Ghostbusters? What is it mm-hmm. that you it, love? That is why yeah, yeah. you want somebody else to see it. Yeah. Well, basically, if I had to say like 30 seconds, it's four guys with uh, amazing technology fighting the forces of evil with humor, horror, science, and and 80s that would be the best way i can put it it the movie for me has as everything it's it's got comedy it's got horror it's got science it's both very it's very time specific but it has an oddly timeless feeling to it so you see some movies like definitely you can tell they're very much 80s ghostbusters has a kind of thing where the way it's shot and the way the technology is, it, it could it could have been filmed in the 90s for all we knew. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that it's it's still a classic to this day. We had never seen anything like this before, you know, this sort of technology. And um, then this this idea, I don't, it just somehow sparked something in just the creative cinematic uh, collection for the audience. And to this day, I mean, like you could you could reference a ghostbuster quote and you know whatever one the popular ones and guaranteed somebody will look at you and give you a look like they got it and you're like my man or woman it's an e- it's an equal country and time um so i i mean i got to say guys i mean people ask me because you know i i do cosplays of ghostbuster it was my first cosplay that i had ever he has done a pretty legit proton pack yeah uh Beth has had, when I was building and had to field many a call where I basically had, she had to persuade me not to metaphorically throw this thing over a cliff and start over from scratch. Uh, both her and Brandon had a kind of, uh, not, not Brandon, uh, our, our mutual friend Lawrence had a sort of confidential conversation where, did Drew call you crying last night? Yes, he did. Did you talk him down? He totally, uh, yes, I did. What a good friend. Love you too. Bye. Um, I know because Lawrence likes to remind me of that every once in a while. But um, Ghostbusters was shown to me by my parents, and I don't know why, but something in it really struck a chord in me. And uh, I think also it helped. Um... See, now my headphones are going out. Uh, well, um, so you didn't drop it in your tea. But so no. you, you saw the movie, but then. A lot of people have, have seen the movie and they're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movie. But you also really appreciated the franchise. You're one of the people I know that actually has like seen a lot of the cartoon, yeah? Yeah. I, well, I think it's funny because I think in some ways I actually enjoyed the cartoon a little bit more than the movies because the cart- in, the, in the movies, it's just four guys fighting this evil force that's been... Uh, that's almost been in the works for the better part of almost uh, 60, 70 years. And in the cartoon, you know, these guys go beyond just four scientists who get got lucky and, and saved the world. They're basically become like these harbingers protecting the world from the forces of, of supernatural activity that we can't even imagine. I mean, in the cartoon, they don't just fight uh, primordial gods. They're fighting goblins, demons, uh, other gods. I mean... They tackle like Cthulhu at one point, you know, and uh, for me that like that that inspired me because I saw these guys as as they were they're suit there in some way. They were like kind of they were superheroes in a way they were protecting the world from evil 
and they were the only four guys who could really do it. And um, that, I think, continued that interest. And I have always said to, to people that Ghostbusters really inspired a lot of what I believe is my core personality. It, it taught me about humor. It, it really interested my interest in the supernatural, in some ways, science. And um, fortunately, I didn't pick up a couple of things. Ghostbusters kind of did a lot. It was, you know, the smoking so, um, you know, well, that uh, was a different time. You, 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 you did get a blowjob from a ghost once, though. Uh, you know, funny enough, I was, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about that scene, and, and it, it's kind of like how certain people, whenever they're talking about certain movies, I always remember that one scene, like how people, when they're talking about it, they can't stop bringing up that one scene in the book that they're like, why, why would Stephen King write this? And I'm just like, yeah, why do we always talk about that? And in Ghostbusters, everybody brings up the scene where Dan Aykroyd the ghost totally because it's funny. He, he gets supernatural fellatio, um, and I think the thing I always love mentioning to somebody is that as a kid, you have absolutely no idea what that means, so it, it goes over your head. And when you're an adult and you see that, and you're like, I know what that face is. I probably have made that once or twice without realizing it, and you're like. How did they get away with this? Oh, your bigger strokes. And um, and um, I, I I said, I was like, it's because it's a dream sequence. It's the only reason that and they got away. And it was the eighties. And it was the eighties. It was a it was a beautiful time for for American cinema. It was it was a beautiful time for the rating system not being quite set yet. <laughs> I, I mean, you know. Absolutely. I mean, hey, I mean, the PG-13 thing only happened because Raiders was so scary. People are like, yeah, this wasn't a PG movie, Stephen. And they're like, yeah, let's create a new system so we, we can, we can you know, make sure that this doesn't happen where little kids are watching people with their faces melted off. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, like, it's like how, uh, it's like how uh, They Live was only rated G. I, I know. And, it's, and when you watch They Live and then you just see the random boobies at the end, I was like, yes, that was definitely G. That was the thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. That was totally wonderful. Um, For some reason, that was the only 80s movie I could pull. <laughs> uh, well, I believe me, when I got to meet Roddy Piper, uh, which was a few months before he died, he I, 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 he signed my DVD and he said, you know, no bubble gum. And I'm like, when I when I was like, man, what a what a class act. I was like the maniac, you know, R.I.P. Now, was he um, was he as rowdy as advertised? Indeed, he was. Indeed, I, I, I was glad to say, Brandon, that if he had broken coconuts over his head, they definitely would have been plastic because I don't I think he would have had a concussion right there on the floor if he tried real coconuts. Yeah. But, Brandon, uh, Brandon never knew, did much with wrestling, but he did uh, not that long ago discover um, like 70s promo videos. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, ju I just I fell down such a deep hole with Dusty Rhodes uh, promo videos. <laughs> Oh my God! Dusty Rhodes, American Dream, the cold-blooded sausage maker. <laughs> it's oh my, and like there's this one. It's I think it's the one where he's talking about being the cold-blooded sausage maker, where he's wearing like some weird white hat, sunglasses, mm -hmm. and a T-shirt for uh, Sloppy Joe's in Key West, with a picture of Ernest Hemingway on it, and it yeah. is like. It is my sexuality, I think, in one single image. Well, Beth knew what she was getting into. Um, she, I did. This is what I've chosen. The cold-blooded sausage maker. Um, Forever. No, I. Well, I definitely know what I'm. I'm going to be looking up after we're done with this. Um, Dusty uh, Rhodes, but, American Dream. 
And it, it was funny because when I I, I, I met uh, a Roddy and, and it was so great. And um, I'll never forget this because this is I don't know if I've ever told you this story. But when I met him, uh, it was at this small Comic Con. It was called Big Apple Comic Con. Uh, it was it was it was kind of I think like uh, it was a weird throwback to how Comic Cons used to be dark kind of dingy flea market e kind of area. It was in the top row of a hotel. It was absolutely crowded. There was no coat check, even though it was the middle of the winter. So I'm standing online to meet, uh, you know, Roddy Piper because I'm a big fan of They Live, um, and I have two friends who are huge, bigger fans of wrestling. So I, uh, they couldn't make it. So I was like, I'll get you the autograph. It's not a problem. So I get the autographs, and he's doing the thing, and he's, you know, uh, you know, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. And I explain the whole situation, and I'm like, this is for my friend uh, Michael, and this is for my friend Janelle. And he's like, hey man, you got a lot of friends. And I'm like, uh, yeah, they couldn't make it out, and and um, I'm just, I'm getting the autograph. I mean, the world. And he's like, he looks at me, and he just kind of half and is like, you know, you're a good friend, man. And I'm just like, and I pause. I was like, I don't know why that means so much to me, but just to hear Rowdy Roddy Piper said, I'm a good friend. I was like. I mean, if the maniac from Always Sunny says it's true, it's 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 got to be true, you know. Um, and then when he passed away three months, or like three four months later, I was like, oh my god, like, yeah, like you you never know. I mean, I, I and I and I was really I was really sad, and I, I had to make sure I posted about it because uh, when you meet celebrities, even as, as small as anything, I felt the same way when Adam West passed, and of course I was very upset when when Harold Ramis passed. Um, of course. You, you don't realize how much it means to you till you met. I mean, Brandon, you're I mean, I saw recently you got to meet your hero, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I did. Um, he was so adorable. He came home and he was like, oh, my God. And he was like, and I'm still shaking. And I don't even remember what I said. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, because I've never I, I don't really have that that thing of like, oh, my God, I just met a famous person like, uh um with the the only other time that's happened was when i met bob odenkirk very briefly um yeah but yeah i'd I'd been at a uh, a show at largo where he was the guest and like Mm -hmm. usually at largo people like they might come out into the little like outdoor lobby area right but like largo the whole thing of largo is it's really chill and like no one's gonna bug anyone Mm -hmm. and so when I left the show, like I got in my car because you, you have to valet it at Largo, basically. And I drove around past the like back parking lot where I mm-hmm. saw like eight people just sort of like standing. And I, mm-hmm. I had the moment of like, well, shit, this might be my one shot. So I mm-hmm. parked my and it won't just be me. So I won't be like creepy and weird. So yeah. I like parked and came back around and by the time I uh, got back there, he was he was outside. And he was just like chatting with people, and like was super cool and super generous with his time. And I I told him like you know your your show is the reason I'm a comedy writer. Like I stumbled upon it in like fourth grade and was mm-hmm. like this is what I would do if I had a show. And mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, honestly, when we were making the show, that's how I felt like I like this is the show I wish I'd had when I was in like fourth, fifth grade. And I said, you know, that's it occurred to me a little while ago, like that's why I do comedy and why I make things is so that like some kid might see it and think like, oh, there are other people that have like a sense of humor like I do. I want to make things now. Um, right. and, and of course, I'm saying this so much more eloquently than I probably did in the moment. But, like, right. yeah, the entire drive home, I was just like, 
oh my god, I just, I just, I just met Conan. Like, oh, and he was super cool. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, and yeah, uh, I probably just like completely fangirl or fanboyed uh, at Beth when I came home. He did, mm-hmm. but it I, was cute. I shockingly yeah. didn't fall down a YouTube hole afterwards, though. Now I might have. Now I, no, I recommend. There's no you, guarantee he won't now. Nope. I, I recommend you all go watch uh, the Men Without Hats conversation channel. No, um, don't. So, uh, so back to the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny. Um, I was gonna, just about to kind of segue into it. Um, you know, I uh, I felt the same way when I, I I've only met one. I've only met I met Ernie Hudson twice. And he seems like I the one that's say, meetable. Yeah, I mean, like unless you're at like a weird party that Bill Murray crashes, you're probably yeah. not going to meet Bill Murray. Or if you're at like a promotion for Crystal Hell, uh, Crystal Skull Vodka, which Brandon, you are still the only person who ever had it for me to try. So thank you. It's good. Uh, it's real yeah. good. I, it's very, I know, right? It's uh, very smooth. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I met Ernie. My first time was funny enough in New York Comic Con. My friend. I was just as a Ghostbuster. My friend was like, dude, you need to meet him. Like, you're the biggest Ghostbuster fan I know. Like, I'll pay for your ticket. And I'm like, oh, wow. So I met him. And um, I, and I, I I had your moment with Conan because this is a Ghostbuster. This is one of the four. You know, this is, sure. this is the this is the kind of the down to earth one. You know, Winston has always been realized he's the everyman. You know, he wasn't like he wasn't part of their team when he was in Columbia. He they, he they hired him. He was technically an employee, but he was still. You know, he didn't build any of the gear and everything. And I always had felt weird because I had bought parts of my Proton Pack online before I assembled it. Like, I still built it, so it was still mine. But I um, I had always felt a little weird because sometimes people in the Ghostbuster community could be a little... They're like any community. They can get a little snobbish. What? Oh, a nerd community they? being a bunch oh. of dicks about something? No. Exactly. I know. Ghostbusters <laughs> fans overreacting? Oh, yes. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, but, yeah, um, we are. Oh, we definitely will. And um, so I felt a little weird. And I, I also didn't have like the proper boots. And I had like uh, a carpenter's bag for my trap and like a like a wood, like a, some kind of hammer, hammer holder for my PKE. And I uh- met him and, and he was so down to earth and calm. And I remember I had this dumb reference because I was like, it was like when I met Bruce Campbell, I was like, don't make a reference. Don't make a reference. Don't be that guy to be like, hail to the king. Don't do that. Just be cool. But inside, you're freaking out. So I met him and I asked him that because uh, when he played Officer Alberic in The Crow, he meets Brandon Lee. And, and in one of his interactions, he walks up and he's like, are you some kind of ghost? And I thought that was kind of a funny little maybe nod to Ghostbusters. Or I thought that kind of was like, you know, uh, in my head, I was like, oh, that's clever. And he, he took it pretty well. Um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, but we, we he dealt we with the, it. He dealt with it, but he took the photo, and I, and I, that's up on my wall. It's my first photo as a Ghostbuster, and and I was I was I was I was I was freaking ble- uh, beaming. And then the only member that tops that is I met him this year again because I realized I needed him to sign my proton pack. And for anyone who knows, like getting signatures to me is the reason I go to conventions. I, I love getting photos as well, but I'm very much a signature kind of nostalgia person. And my proton pack is one of the most prized possessions I have. And um, I have it signed by a group of people who collaborated to the, uh, to the Ghostbusters franchise. And speaking of, Beth, you mentioned the cartoon. Um, Maurice LaMarche, who's a famous voice actor, um, did the voice of Egon for the Ghostbusters cartoon. He was the first person to ever sign my Proton Pack, and he signed it, Egon. And a lot of people were confused at one point that I had actually had Harold Ramis sign my Proton Pack. I was like, I wish. 
Um, he signed it, DMC, from Run DMC, because they did two songs on the Ghostbusters uh, soundtrack for the second movie. Um, Frank Welker, who's another famous voice actor. Oh, that's probably, awesome. Yeah, the most, yeah. And that was at Rhode Island Comic Con, and that was, a, when I say literally that was a zoo, I'm talking like, like the animals were definitely out of their cages that day. And, fr- um, and Frank Welker does every, every animal you've ever heard in a cartoon. That's absolutely. It's Frank Welker. I mean, when you meet him, it's his it's his voice is basically Fred Jones from yeah. Scooby Doo, and I met him because he did he did Ray, who every day, I every day every time I bring up Ghostbusters, someone is like you're Ray, and I'm like I'm fine with that. Even when my mother is watching Ghostbusters on her TV, she'll sometimes call me in and she'll like she'll point out it'll be like at the scene when there Ray is like I couldn't help it, I just popped in there. She's like that's you. That's very much you. That's like, Aykroyd, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Dan Aykroyd. So it's like that; those mannerisms, that the way you talk, that's you. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Even when my hair started kind of receding a little bit, I was like, it still kind of looks like 80s Aykroyd, early Bill Murray. So I'm like, I like, when in doubt, take your sadness and make it into something you love. So, you know, the, the crushing sadness doesn't kill you. Um, I remember I told you uh, sort of in passing once that uh, – a pilot I worked on as a PA, uh, Annie Potts was one of the stars and I had completely forgotten she was in Ghostbusters until, and then like, I wound up spending like an hour in her apartment, like setting up a printer and she, she could not have been more like delightful. Like she's just this like weird, like weird, friendly hippie. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I mentioned in passing and you like freaked out that I met Annie Potts. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I and and I, I freaked out again when I met Ernie because I had I had it was me and I had my girlfriend, uh, Angelique uh, Angie, and she was dressed as Dana and she had done that for me just like one time she surprised me dressed as Janine for a Ghostbuster showing that they had at the Alamo. Look, we don't and, need we don't need to get into your sex life right now. Yeah, very shut. Okay, all right. She it's four feet above the covers, Brandon, at all times. Um, but the important thing is that he referenced he was like, Is this your Dana? And he gave her a big hug and he was more than great to sign my Proton pack. I mean, he I asked him, like, what is his favorite line from the film? And he said, uh, his favorite in the first one was uh this is that he paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Which is a totally amazing uh line. And our family will love you know, that's a big Twinkie. We love saying that. And uh, I mean, honestly, man, if any if anyone listeners, if you're a fan of Ghostbusters and Ernie Hudson is at a convention or anything, I don't care whatever he's charging. It's usually like 30, 40 bucks a signature photo included. Get it. He is one of the most down to earth, greatest people you can ever meet. And he's he is worthy of your appreciation and love. That's that's the best thing I could say. Did you ever see the uh, somebody did one of those like recut trailers to mm-hmm. make it, uh, and I think it was just called Ghostbuster, and it yeah. and it was cut to make it look like uh, Winston was the main character. Yeah, I, I I will say that's one of the great injustices of the movie is that Winston isn't really given a lot of the, the same attention that Aykroyd, Murray, and and Ramis did had. And it's funny because earlier scripts he was supposed to be coming in far earlier in the film. Funny enough, he was actually supposed to be the person who got slimed by Slimer. So. You know, they, they cut his role so much in the first one, and he wasn't even included in the promotion. And um, it's just so sad because he's such a great actor. 
And it, it's the one role that I think he's really most known for. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's had a wide career. The Crow. Uh, he was in the TV show Oz. He's been in so many movies. Movies I think he'd like to forget. Like the, uh, you know, I think that there's a few I can definitely pull up top of my head. But um, so I mean, it's like it's like how how Ringo was never acknowledged as a Beatle until like Rubber Soul. Yeah, which is sad because I love their boy band era, Beatles, and Rubber Soul, which is I, I have this conversation with Beatle uh, fans all the time. And um, I always say Rubber Soul has always been one of my favorites. Like when I saw McCartney do Drive My Car, which is I think one of my favorites from that album, I lost my mind because I was like, that's one of my favorites. And um, yeah, I agree. Like like uh, Ernie is kind of like the Ringo of the band. And it's so sad because he brings just as much to the table as Bill and Dan and, and Harold did. And, um, you know, speaking of, 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 of other movies, you know, uh, he, I, I still think he was one of my favorite cameos in the new movie. You know, him and Annie Potts right up there were two of my favorites because they were just so great. Oh, right. So, I forgot that the old, that some of the old Ghostbusters were in the new one. I yeah. completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I was uh, too distracted by Kate McKinnon. We all yeah, were. To remember it, anything it, else. We, we all were. And, um... And it's funny because I remember when that movie was announced, so many people put the trailer on my wall, they put articles and stuff. And I'm like, guys, listen, you know, I, I, I'm I'm trying my best to walk in with a, with an open mind and to give it a shot. You know, I, I wasn't one of the fans who were who were really going off the rails, slamming it for all these things. I was like, you know what? That's not fair to this movie to compare it to the original. We need to give it room. To, well, also, to, a lot of the uh, fucking trash fires that were mad at it were just so insistent. They were like, it's a remake. They're remaking our... I was like, no, it's fucking not. Yeah. So they made it a different story. Calm yeah. the fuck down. And, 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 and it's so sad because certain things, I think, and it worked and certain things didn't. Yeah. And yeah. that's just like anything. That, that, right. Just like it's any just like, like franchise continuation. Right. It, they're hard it, to nail. And that's the thing when you do remakes. We've seen this in horror movies. A lot of the times... They're either trying to do exactly what the other one did, like that that almost frame-for-frame frame remake of Psycho in the 90s with Vince Vaughn, which was awful. And then you have a lot of these horror remakes where they're just, they're just passably forgettable because they're either trying to do three movies in one or, or they're just, oh, let's do the same movie, but it's better technology now. And, um, you know, when it comes to remakes, the best one I've seen recently... And funny enough, because we're talking about horror and, you know, it's Halloween, uh, is I really enjoyed the It remake. And uh, I'm a big fan of the 90s version. And, I, and I've read the book as well um, this year. And, uh, you know, the thing with the remake is you have to do it right. You have to show love for the material, but you have to not be afraid to do something a little differently. And, and yes, sometimes people aren't going to like it. And you just have to be confident in your vision. You can't just constantly be trying to please the fans because then you're going to get this sort of like oddly cut mishmash of a film that isn't going to please anybody because it, it's directionless it's it's yeah. so you wind up with dark tower yeah. oh god yeah, that was it, not exactly and, and of course yeah not every not every continuation of a franchise or remake of a franchise is going to work but yeah. i do want to say because i was thinking about this when you were talking about um people being really 
potentially rude about like, oh, I had the wrong boots on my Ghostbuster thing or whatever, that the official stance of this podcast is that if somebody loves the thing that you also love and want to get into it, don't fucking be a dick about it. Yeah, don't be Let an asshole. Let people enjoy things. And if you can't get on board with that, you don't have to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, that oh. drives me crazy. Like, let somebody enjoy the thing that you love too. Like, see that they love it and be like, yo, do you want to know more about this? Do you want to get better at it? Don't be like, oh, you did it wrong. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I, I completely agree. And and things have been better about that in the Ghostbuster community. But I, I, a few times there have been uh, individuals and whatnot that they just for some reason. And it and, I, and it's not just Ghostbusters. I've seen this in, in almost every fandom I've ever been a part of. I've seen this in Doctor Who. I've seen this in Star Trek. I've seen this in, in DC and in Marvel. You have these people who they clearly love the material and they... They are fans. They know the names. They know the references. They they know the quotes and everything. And if somebody doesn't know exactly the same amount of information and everything, that there's just some sort of poser that everything. And I understand because sometimes you see this a lot. You have these people that they they just dress up because they want the attention. You know, they want the but those people to take their photos. And that's whatnot. like and I, one person in five hundred. Like exactly. it's not as prevalent as people like to think it is. Exactly, you know, and and I and I never really also understood that. if you've never made an intense costume that you had to sew, like if that's how you express your fandom because you want to make a cosplay, like dude, until you fucking sewed spandex, don't come at me. Exactly, like, it and is I, not and, easy. And, right, and it's the same thing like me, like you know, like I made my proton pack, like like I made it, I've rebuilt it so many times, you know, because it it it's it's tough, and I love it to death. But if I met somebody, you know, and I, I like, you know, if a guy came and with, you know, those old puff up packs and whatnot, I wouldn't call him out for not being less of a Ghostbuster. I'm like, hey, man, nice pack, you know, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'm complimenting him because he clearly liked it enough to take it one step further. And it's like if people get on about it, I'm like, excuse me, Winston never built a single proton pack in his life. And he's one of the original four. So what, you know, are you going to call out Ernie Hudson? Hell no. So shut up. I would love you to know? see what happens. I want some I want Ernie Hudson to kick someone's ass. Yeah, it's just it's one of those, you know, Beth Beth and, and Brandon, you know, I, I just think it's it's one of those weird things where people think just because you're a fan, it gives you a right to judge. And there couldn't be any further right. As a fan, you're there to have fun and create a community of 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 fun. And that's the problem is people take fun and they they justify crappy behavior for it. They're like I'm a fan. He wasn't enough of a fan. I'm just putting him in his place. And I'm like, well, actually, no. If you're a Ghostbuster, which you've basically become, you actually, basically become. That was not a thing anybody needed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, nobody's asking for cosplay police. And especially in Ghostbusters, I've called people out on this. I was like, you know, offense, you're kind of being a bit of a Walter Peck here. And you need to stop or else I'm going to be like, it's true. This Ghostbuster has no dick. Um, I mean, I mean, you know. at, at the end of the day, you just got to take into account that, like, it's generally a positive franchise. And, Absolutely. like, there's there's the, the Ghostbusters catchphrase, clear eyes, full... Damn it, I fucked it up. Good Clear eyes, ruined. full heart, bus ghosts. <laughs> clear eyes, full heart, bus ghosts. Bit ruined. God! Oh. I, 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 Brandon, I, I'm, I'm speechless. Oh. I, I, what, what was that? I, I, I had, I had what, that bit. For had you like, never like had a conversation with him? I had what that bit that? ready for like five minutes, and I was so stoked about it. It's like this is gonna be a dumb. I'm gonna make a Friday Night Lights joke. 
Clear mm-hmm. Eyes, Full Heart, Bus Ghosts. I was already giggling about it. And uh, then I just said it wrong, and my voice cracked, and I... Uh... Welcome to Life in Our House. <sighs> yeah, nicely done. Um, yeah. I, so, you know, honestly, when it comes to the Ghostbusters, you know, I think there's really something for everybody to love. And I always come across that one person who they've never seen it, and, you know, I'm like, well, I, like, I've been better about it. You know, I, I, I don't go to... I only ever made the exception in which I made food for someone to watch it for one person and she's part of this podcast. Um, so you're very special. You're very special. Uh, miss, miss, so, actually though, one thing mm-hmm. we haven't explicitly discussed that we should, mm-hmm. how about that second movie? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we, how about, how about that Ghostbusters too? Huh? How about, how about, <laughs> how about, that Ghostbusters how about the second too? one? How about okay, that? Absolutely. I, I thank you so much. That's another remember, reason I love remember you. they made a second one. They did. And I'm so glad you brought that up because they did. There are two Ghostbuster movies, and this always gets me mad because everybody treats it like it's like uh, the Temple of Doom of movies, and it's not because it's just as fun and great as the first one. I mean, you got Wait, do people like, think Temple of Doom is not good because they're wrong? <laughs> uh, no, exactly, but because a lot of people, I, I mean, at least I, some people I know, like like Temple of Doom was like the runt of the Indiana Jones litter till the Crystal Skull came out. And I'm now, sorry, did they... Okay, never mind. I have too many opinions about Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I, I know. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, this but, is the uh, place for them. No, yeah, fine. exactly. It's so fine. We'll, 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 all right, sorry. So the thing about Ghostbusters 2 is that I think um, people, again, do the comparison game. And, you know, because a lot of the time sequels, very rarely, in the, with a few exceptions, don't really aren't on the same level as their original. And I'm like, yeah, because... You know, when you, especially when you're competing with Ghostbusters, a film that no one had ever seen, you know, a sequel, you know, the guys, when Sony had approached Dan Aykroyd and, and Harold Ramis about doing a sequel, they were a little hesitant about it. They were like, well, we already, we're already working on other projects. We kind of left it as a, it was like a beginning, middle and end. Like, is there really need to continue? But because the show, the show helped make that possible because the show had brought such popularity to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was huge. At that time, like we wouldn't make it a movie, and it came to a point that Ackroyd and Ramos was like, "Okay, we'll we'll do a second movie." So they write the second movie, and they make a lot of changes because kids are into Ghostbusters now. So that's why in the second one, you don't really see them smoking. A lot of the violence is kind of toned down. The ghosts aren't as scary because if you notice in the first one, like the terror dog is frightening. You know, the terror dog. A lot of those ghosts in this in the second one. The ghosts are a little bit more animated. They're not as scary. They're not I mean, blowing anyone. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Brandon. They're not performing sexual. That's all acts he's ever going to go back to. Don't worry about he, it. He, I know. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging it and moving on because that's the best way to deal with Brandon. Um, okay, so, I see where I'm not wanted. Uh-huh, right. So um, with the second one, you know, it's five years later. Basically, New York swept Gozer and all that crap under the table. They blamed Ghostbusters. They shut them down. They all moved on. They all had to. You know, Ray and Dan are, uh, Ray and Winston are doing birthday parties. Peter is the host of World of a Psychic. Egon is a scientist. Dana Barrett is living her life as well as a woman who was technically turned into a dog. And uh, Louis Tully is, uh, you know, uh, is a lawyer. Um, and then they have something, some sort of event involving a ton of mood slime. Uh, and an evil Carpathian warlord, Vigo the Carpathian. And a creepy uh, painting. <laughs> yeah, it's stuck in a creepy painting and, and whatnot. And, you know, um, 
It's got a little bit of everything. I mean, me, I've always said one of the best scenes in Ghostbuster was the courtroom scene where it's, you know, the the uh, um, where it's Egon, Peter and Dan versus Scalari brothers. It's quotable. It's energetic. It's fun. I mean, I mean, you know, I, you know, say what you will about the movie. I mean, they got they reanimated the Statue of Liberty to take down Vigo the Carpathian. I mean, just looking aside the logic, like the Statue of Liberty technically doesn't even have feet, so we're not even going to go there with uh, uh, putting reality into it. It's a fun movie, and it's just as good as the first one, but because, you know, critics weren't the big fan of it and the cast and the crew was like, eh, they had kind of lukewarm reactions about it. It kind of got, I don't know, I don't think schlumped to the side is the right term, but it kind of got like, it's like it's like Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two and moving on, and it's sad because it's it's I think it's just as good of a movie and, you know, you know um, I love you know reminding people about it. I mean my girlfriend hadn't seen it until we started dating and she watched it said yeah that was pretty good you know I'm like I know I don't understand why I mean I've even written panels like I've I've been trying to organize a panel where we discuss Ghostbusters two. Um, at conventions and hopefully uh, you know this this uh, maybe this winter I might actually get to do that which would be uh, wonderful um, so I, I, I just think you know no go so, ahead yeah. I no no I'm, I, I, I have seen Ghostbusters too but I think it, we watched it didn't we watch it on TV in England while we were really sick no, we watched Train Spot. I watched I watched it in a hotel room oh no you watched uh, like the third Aliens no, I've never seen any aliens. No, we 100% watched one of the aliens movies. No, only the end of it. Oh, okay. There you go. I've, I've definitely watched Ghostbusters 2 in a hotel room somewhere. Mm-hmm. What did, did, did what'd you think? Did you, do you remember your impression of it? I mean, it was fun. It was, it was campy, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I've ever seen the whole thing. It's, it's, it's definitely good. You know, I mean... Again, you know, when you have those cast and it's clear that they're having a great time working with each other, um, you know, uh, and then and the funny thing is you can see the influences to the cartoon. You know, you can see, you know, how Janine looks more like she did in the cartoon, um, you know, and then it's funny because the movie influenced uh, <clears throat> the movie influenced other things um, like the, the the second movie. Things from there became part of the cartoon, like Lewis being part of a Ghostbusters and even Vigo is mentioned in the mood slime and, and stuff. And one of the things I love about the Ghostbusters franchise is that it always lives on. Like there's been a Ghostbuster uh, comic that my, um, that funny enough, I, I reviewed for, for Beth when she was running a spandex list, um, that they continue the stories that, that you saw in the movies. So you have things from Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, Ghostbusters, the video game, which Ackroyd is basically said is like the third movie, um, Wait, and it's it's basically like one of the movies with really shitty camera controls. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, one of the best things about it is that every kid who didn't decide to become a cosplayer of a Ghostbuster got to live as a Ghostbuster. We got to play the game as Ghostbusters. We could just blow stuff up. We could trap ghosts. We're with the four, and we're just an unnamed rookie. And it's great because even they mentioned that. In the comic, so in the comic, I mean, the comic really continued the story, just like the real Ghostbusters did. And it was, um, I mean, it's just so great about Ghostbusters. There's always a new story to tell and continue. I mean, 
so far, they've even had crossovers with other franchises. They've had crossovers with uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the their real Ghostbuster counterparts. That's uh, like in a separate universe. Um, they've even met the 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 female Ghostbusters, which are now dubbed because of their extensive promotions. The Answer the Call Ghostbusters or the ATC Ghostbusters. Did did uh, they did they ever meet the like old Ghostbusters like from the like. 60s TV show Ghostbusters where it was like two dudes with bowler hats like a, and, a, and a gorilla and a gorilla um I, I think they made references to it I don't know if they are like ever officially met them um like they've been really good with the series they've even like referenced the extreme Ghostbusters which I I well no 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 uh, don't, uh, don't don't whoa whoa don't uh extreme Ghostbusters I never saw it it was actually pretty good it's just I think the thing being is that what they did with that cartoon is they made a cartoon that was a reflection of where cartoons were in the 90s. They were more mature, more adult, um, the more style. extreme. Yes, Brandon, more extreme. Thank you. you the puns are you, keep. If you have coffee, keep drinking your coffee. That, that wasn't even a pun. That was just like, oh, OK, X dash dream like the 90s. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. X Stream. And uh, you know, that was just as good because it was a team of new Ghostbusters and they were basically supervised and given guidance by Egon. So, you know, uh, you know, again voiced by Maurice the Marsh. And um, you know, it was just that's the thing I love about Ghostbusters, there's always another story to tell. There's always something to good to could to continue, you know. And um it's so it's so great, and that's what I love about <clears throat> being a Ghostbuster is, um, you know, you're a part of that community, and anytime somebody, like I, like anytime someone says a reference to you or, or sees you in costume, it's the best thing because they love the movie, and seeing you, it's, it's, it's like they're reliving the movie again. I mean, I've made a habit um, in places when someone's so excited, I was like, do you want to try the pack on? They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I, I live I live in the same room with this thing, you know, you let let you enjoy it a little bit. And they're like, wow, this is really heavy. And I'm like, yes, it's a piece of intense equipment used to capture and uh, stop ghosts. So, of course, it's heavy. You know, what do you think? It was hopes and dreams. Um, it's filled and, with in, cocaine. In a way. <laughs> it, 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 in a way. And it's funny because um, I, I, my proton pack, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't, Beth, you never got to wear it or neither, Brandon. And uh, it's really heavy. It's like almost 50 to 60 pounds. And I, and hard that, pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, Brandon, with your back, God, no. Hard uh, pass. Beth probably could. She's but wearing there. it all day. Is... Yeah, you're wearing it all day. It's like when you go to a con, you're wearing that six, seven hours. I mean, uh, at the end of a convention, I'm peeling out of it like they were peeling out of their clothes uh, when they're covered in slime in the second movie. One of um, one like, of the best things I've ever seen at a con, and the most like indicative of that thing of like I just I I gotta get out of this costume, was at New York Comic Con in probably 2011, maybe. Yeah. There was a guy in an amazing Bender costume, mm-hmm. uh, like full body, couldn't see a face at all, and I yeah. saw them. F- at the beginning of the day, just like chugging along, you know, doing the thing. Right. And then I saw them at like seven thirty, just trudging through the lobby of the Javits, head hung low, exhausted. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the yeah. most like indicative of what's of what that's like. And also the mm-hmm. funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 definitely something. But it's funny because, you know, uh, you know, everybody loves us uh, seeing us in costume. And and of course, they're gonna be like, you know, how are you going to call? And uh, and and it's a reflex now because I was so tired of, you know, we're here or thing is I was I just quote Casper. Someone's like, someone else. Call? Yes, somebody else. It's like, it's like a reflex. Someone will automatically say it. I was going to point out somebody else. And it's funny because that got me in trouble one time because um, I was I was talking to a bunch of Ghostbusters on the floor, and uh, this guy came up to me. And it's always that's the thing when you're cosplaying, you're having conversations. There's always somebody who will just come up and can I get a photo, or they'll just interrupt your conversation for some dumb line you've heard a thousand times. And they're like, hey guys, you know, I got like a problem in my neighborhood. Who should I call? And I just flat out looked at him. I was like, somebody else. And he just looked and at me. And he was you like, know how Ernie Hudson feels. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, God, you don't have to be such a dick about it. And he just stormed off. And I, I felt bad for precisely 30 seconds. And then Which is I went as back long to as you should feel bad about that. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, uh, I for, get for, it. That's a deep cut to the Casper movie. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thank you. Which, like, mm-hmm. most people, I would assume, haven't seen, or if they did, didn't realize was part of the Ghostbusters canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 definitely, like, and it's funny because someone said to me once, it's like, is that from Casper? And I'm like, yeah, like, I love that movie. I was like, clearly, so did I. <laughs> so, you know. Um, and it's funny because I, I can't help, like, the snark. And it's funny because somebody said, like, you're basically Ackroyd. But you're you have Murray snark, and I'm like I'm fine with that. Aww. I'm very fine with the, with that. And I I, I said that I said it's like that's the best thing ever. And um, although I have to ask Beth, you know, I, I'm I don't know if you've seen Ghostbusters since I I, I made you dinner while you watched it oh so many years ago. Um, I but don't know either. If, if you could remember, do you remember anything like it was like your favorite scene, or you're like, huh, that's uh that's funny. Or, or whatnot. I've always been meaning to ask you that. I don't remember, dude. I, I, yeah, I don't think I've watched it again since then. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I just don't remember any specific bits. Okay, Brandon, did you... What, has there ever been something that really stuck out to you? If you um, say the ghost blow job, I'm unplugging your microphone. It's it's not, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same as Beth. Like, I I think I had it on video when I was younger. But, like, mm-hmm. I, ne- I, don't, I never really sat down and watched it until I was, like, 25. And wow. more more than any specific jokes, I remember like a lot of the sh- like specific shots, like them mm-hmm. in like peeking around the the library stacks, yeah, and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of them are sort of like the teamwork moments, like that, or like yeah, when they the all have to climb those enjoyable. stairs. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I remember for my twenty fifth. I made it a Ghostbuster tour um, birthday, and I I went to all the important locations, excuse me, um, locations where they filmed, including Hooklaire. And I, all I had at that time was my jumpsuit, my goggles, and my PKE. And I have this awesome photo of me. Um, well, I have two photos. One was just me wandering the the halls of the of the New York Public Library with a PKE and in the jumpsuit. I have this one where it was taken over my shoulder where I have the PKE and you have this wonderful view of of the, the entire library. And it, it used to be my one of my background photos. And uh, we saw that, we went to Hook Ladder 8, which is the, the firehouse they used for both movies. 
and um, a few other locations, and I got to do some of the scenes, and it, it, it was a, uh, it was a great, great birthday, and um, nice. it was a great experience, and uh, I, I, I think I think that's the thing, you know, and me, like I've helped a few friends become Ghostbusters, you know, as much as I could. Um, and I think that's the best when you when you see you, you you see somebody who's living out something they connected to their dream, and and you helped. And I think that's the thing I love about the Ghostbusters community is that is that some of us are so ready to help you find the inner Ghostbuster within you. It, the taking it's like that old saying, you know, don't let your dreams stay memes. You know. Um, that old saying. Yeah, that old chestnut. That old, yes, nut. <laughs> that old 2005 saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is clearly proof I've been hanging Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be Ghostbusters. <laughs> well. And, and it's, it's funny because um, I did that for a friend of mine recently. I, 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 his wife contacted me and she, she, she wanted to get him a present because he said he had three goals in his life. The first one was marrying her. The second one was owning a WWE championship belt, which he does. I know because he snuck it in to show off at his wedding. Um, and the third one is being a Ghostbuster. So the girl, so the wife uh, helped him get uh, like a jumpsuit and equipment. And she wanted help making him a pack. And I didn't have the time to, to build and everything. But I knew a friend who was selling a pack. So I put him in touch and the whole thing got it. So we all came over to to like as a faux introduction, like an induction to, to, uh, to this group of franchise of Ghostbusters. Um, and we had him try on the pack and everything. And he was like, yeah, you got to use this. You got to use that. The switch turns this light on. And, you know, it had a great sound system and everything. And then at the end we was like, Oh, by the way, you don't need to worry about taking it off. This pack is yours. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, happy birthday. And I swear he just started almost like crying and because he was so overwhelmed and happy. And um, I mean, that's why that's why we do it, man. I mean, when the kids come up to me and, and, and tell me I'm amazing or how much they love the show or they just they're so happy. And the same thing with the adults. That's why I do it. I I'm already a Ghostbuster. I've done all the amazing things I never thought I could. And, um, you know, I, I that's why it never gets old suiting up. And. It's a sad thing is I know one one year I'll be like, I can't do it anymore. You know, maybe I'll, my back will just, I can't support the 60 weight, 60 pounds. And I'll just, I'll, I'll comfortably put my proton pack, which name is Alice. Um, named after, yeah, uh, named after the librarian from the first one. And just sit there and just be like, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll loan it to friends if they want to borrow it and just, you know, I'll be like, I did good. But eventually, just like with the new movie, metaphorically, you have to, you have to pass the torch eventually. And um, I think that's the best thing is that there are always people who will love Ghostbusters enough to take it another step further. So in some odd way, Ghostbusters will live on. And that's one of the best things being part of a franchise that in some way, because it's so timeless, will never die. And um, that's one of the best things about it. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And it's always kind of flattering when people come to me with trivia and stuff. Like, it's so funny being an aficionado, and I'm just like, I just really loved it. It just, it it stuck out to me, and it, it was. But the thing is, it wasn't just the only thing. I love so many other different movies. Like, I could have conversations about anything: Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, all of it. But 
I always come back to Ghostbusters because, you know, it was my first. It was my first real movie that meant something to me. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to kind of wrap it up because unfortunately I have a meeting. But I also I just wanted to tell you that Facebook just informed me that we became friends on Facebook ten years ago today. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I just thank, saw that. <laughs> thank you. I know. Thank you for for putting up with me and on all my shenanigans for the better part of ten years. And Brandon, thanking for also putting up with me for I think two additional years. Plus Beth, so uh, no. years. I actually only want to be about six months. Uh, I don't know. Either way, we're both kind of nightmare humans too, so it goes both ways. So, yeah, so. Uh, in both. in wrap up here, so people who have not seen Ghostbusters should see it. Do you know if there's anywhere to watch the cartoons? They don't stream anywhere, do they? Uh, no, but I think they were on Netflix at one point. They might still be on Netflix. Right. Uh, they Go usually check, have them. They you you can usually look up episode names. Sometimes they're on YouTube. Um, or Plus, it's it's the internet. You can get them if you look. Yeah, absolutely. But the point um, is, they were made digital at one point. If they were on Netflix, they might be on like Amazon or somewhere. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. It was yeah. a real pleasure. Um, I I guess good so, luck. Do mm. you? Well, here's another thing. I I know you're not a huge uh, social media guy, but I know you also do, well, you also do writing and stuff. If there's anywhere, if people wanted to look you up or see photos of you or anything, is there anywhere they could, uh, for like you and your proton pack, is there anywhere that's public that you would want to direct people to? Uh, sure. I mean, I, there's my Facebook. It's uh, just my name, Drew Malo. I have my Instagram is ghostbuster man, 1984. Um, I'm a freelance writer right now. I'm writing for iron age, uh, iron age, productions um and i'm also i guess a freelance writer for aggressive comics and hopefully more just getting my name out there and um yeah if you know always shoot me a line hit me up whenever i'm a very friendly person sometimes to a fault of my own um and you know thank you beth and brandon this has been absolutely wonderful this is my first interview ever so i hope i did well <laughs> you did um, fine yeah. thank you for awesome, coming on guys. Um, hey, no worries. All right. I Brandon. can, yeah, I can be found across uh, the information superhighway at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the things. Um, Do you want me to look up what day this is going to be up before you talk about yeah, it again? Yeah, maybe let me know what day this is going to be up. All right, hold on. <laughs> um, so you want to go anytime after November 20th. Okay. No, 13th. Ooh, okay. That'll that'll uh, time out well then. November uh, 13th. Two days from now is uh, going to be my writing debut with nice. uh, the uh, sketch team Gunslinger at nice. uh, the Pack Theater. Uh, I just got uh, picked as a writer for that for that crew. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's ten thirty. Unless it was the previous week, I guess maybe the second Wednesday would have been the previous week. Yeah, oh, I don't know. November starts on a Wednesday. Ah, okay. So nice. five days prior uh, <laughs> to this was my writing debut uh, on the Team Gunslinger but at the anyway, Pack Theater. They'll do more shows. Um, and pin up, squ- pin up squirrels. Uh, I don't think we have a November show because it would have fallen right after Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving. But we'll mm. be we'll be doing our thing in December at uh the nerdist space on santa monica um okay yeah i think that's really it i think that's all i got for me uh if uh, you can still find me everywhere online at girl 
if we're in extensions, one of my shows will still be up, Ridiculous Darkness at Sun Assembly Theater, and um, A Very Die Hard Christmas opens December, uh, November 29th at Theater Unleashed. It's uh, very funny. It's oh a musical. Oh my god, that sounds it's wonderful. It's a musical parody. It's delightful. We do it every year. There's fake blood everywhere. It's great. Yes. Uh, we make awesome. the walls explode. We make the walls explode. Um, All right. As always, thank you to Tiny Stills and Kalen West for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up. Off the album, falling is like flying. I learned how to play that on guitar the other day, and that is a fun riff. It is a fun riff. That is um, a fun her new Fun album riff. should be coming so, so soon, so soon, or if it's not out already by the time you hear this. Um, you can always find us on the internet at, at IntuitPod, and you can email us at IntuitPod at gmail.com if you have a suggestion of a topic. Please uh, rate and review us on the uh, information tunes. On iTunes. It, it actually super helps. really, really helps. Um, it helps us get discovered. It's kind of how they rank things, which sucks. Um, right now we have seven, and I know there are more than seven of you out there. So, we would appreciate it a lot. I know mm-hmm. it sucks. I also hate writing whenever somebody's like, oh, can you leave me? I'm like, no, motherfucker! But, so I get it. I understand. But we really appreciate it, because we love you all. Yeah. Um, do, it, do, it, do. do it for us and no other podcasts. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Thanks yeah. so much, right. Drew. Hey, thank you guys, and remember everybody out there, we and everybody here are ready to believe you. Later. <laughs> Podcast over. If you're all alone, let me sleep in your bed. Oh. Let me tell you something. Sleeping makes me feel good. I ain't afraid of no sleeping. I ain't afraid of no bed.